Okay, guys, welcome back to the James Marshall Podcast, back by popular demand because everyone was begging me to do another podcast and another series of podcasts, and they said they they were telling their friends about it, so I brought it back, and there isn't a possible better time to do it than right now because the Nats have just made it to the World Series. They've won their first NLCS ever in their 14-year history of the team. And let me just go into that first, and then we'll talk about other things like the Redskins and how they don't win. But let's just start off on a high note right here. And the Nationals, after an 162-game season, a wild-card berth, have finally made it to the World Series for the first time in D.C. since 1933. And this is just igniting the whole city. There were a bunch of people at the game last night. I know I've heard a bunch of people just, like, now becoming Nats fans and it's just getting the whole city really hyped up and a World Series championship would uh, do as much to the city as the ca- what the Caps did in that big parade downtown and it just got everyone really into sports so that this is really big for the city I feel and okay so Howie Kendrick won the MVP and he was the most deserving he, if you watch the NL Division Series against the Dodgers, down 3-0 in the series, we come back, tie it 3-3, and Howie Kendrick, with the bases loaded in the top of the 10th inning, hits a grand slam to send us to the NLCS and then just keeps his role going and goes 5-15 for 15 in this series, including three doubles in Game 3, which helped us to an 8-1 to win. And this is off of a season where he sat out because of an Achilles injury. And most people can't come back. They they aren't the same players they used to. But Howie Kendrick just is a professional hitter, gets a barrel to the baseball pretty much every time he's up hitting. He had a 349 average this season in the, in the regular season, 379 versus lefties. He would have won the batting title if he had more games to play, but since he's old, David Martinez needed to give him rest. But he's playing him every game in the playoffs when he needs to, and Howie is absolutely raking, and he's so deserving of the MVP. But the big storyline of the NLCS was the starting pitching from the Nationals, which many experts believed that they were the best, and that's the reason why they could make a deep run in the playoffs, which they have. And... You expected game two, three, four. Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, all three struck out more than 11 batters for three games in a row, which is the first time in playoff history that has happened. But the real surprise is Anibal Sanchez in game one taking the no-hitter through seven and two-thirds innings, four outs to go for a no-hitter in game one and really setting the tone for this series which, and the Nats never looked back pretty much. And Anibal Sanchez did about the best he could have possibly done in that game one. After starting the season 0-6 and then turning it around right when the rest of the team was and riding his momentum into the playoffs, pitched a great game in game three versus the Dodgers, which they lost, but then pitched a almost no-hitter in game one. Anibal Sanchez, great job to him. And this team, as I was talking about when they were 
down 19 and 31 through 50 games, 12 games under 500. And they turn their season around. All of the team starts putting together better at-bats. The starters start pitching well. And the bullpen, I guess, holds up their end of the bargain. But they weren't great, but they were good enough to make it to the playoffs. And one of the biggest turnarounds in history, they're 82 and 40 since that uh, since that May 24th, 19-31 and 31 record. And they have just been crazy good and it, it's just been incredible to watch their first real pennant race in history first wild card game uh the rest of the other times they've made the playoffs have been by blowout division wins but this time it was wild card and this team everyone was saying it all season they're more special they're a really special team and that showed in the playoffs when they're not conforming to their usual nationals and losing in the first round but they make it they come back from three to one in the eighth in the wild card game they come back from two games to one down against the best team in the league the Dodgers and then they sweep the Cardinals to make it to the World Series against either the Yankees or the Astros so I will just tell you the all the players and what they've done this season so starting from the top the two speedsters at the top it has been Trey Turner, who is hitting for uh, power as of late, but when he gets on base, is arguably the fastest player in the entire league and just wreaks havoc and does a great job. Adam Eaton has really uh, been a guy that you can rely on in clutch situations and just spanks the ball to the outfield, doesn't uh, hit the ball for power, but gets on base a lot, draws a lot of walks, gets hit by pitches, bunts it down, just does what you need to do. Then the three, four in the middle, arguably two of the greatest players in the game right now, Anthony Rendon, who is my favorite player of all time and might be the MVP this season, who led the league in RBIs, third in batting average, and just was amazing, unselfish hitter, hit a bunch of sack flies where he got out, but it helped the team, and he's just a great player, a great defender, and especially a great person. Juan Soto, the 20-year-old phenomenon, hits home runs, hits it to gaps, gets walks, and just has a confidence among him and a work ethic that can make him into a superstar in the future, and he has been really big for us in this playoffs. And then I talked about Howie Kendrick earlier, just a professional hitter, a professional person. Ryan Zimmerman, the first ever draft pick for the Nationals back in 2005, even before I was born. He's still playing. He had a ma massive home run in game four to give the Nats a big lead. So they won that game and then went on and won in game five. And he's really one of the uh, big reasons why we're this far, just his veteran leadership. And he's been here for it all, all the heartbreaks. And he's finally getting his reward. Then you got the two catchers, Kurt Suzuki, Jan Gomes. have both been decent hitters this season. And uh, Jan Gomes likes to catch Patrick Corbin, and Kurt Suzuki does a great job with guys like Scherzer and Strasburg. Both uh, great catchers and good pickups uh, by Mike Rizzo. Then you have Victor Robles in center field, a speedster, great defenseman, had uh, 21 outfield assist this season which was the most 
in baseball and um and is just a speedster hits for power and really clutch and Michael A. Taylor when Victor Robles got into this playoffs did a great job filling in for him and then I talked about the uh the pitchers Annie Ball Sanchez then you got Max Scherzer who's the ultimate competitor heart and soul of the team veteran leader and is an amazing pitcher to go on top of it Steven Strasburg who's having arguably the best season of his life who was once known as the maybe the best pitcher prospect to ever live and he's really showing in these playoffs uh two days ago he went seven innings no earned runs he's really using his curveball fastball changeup well and he's playing at a really high level and then you got Patrick Corbin who's got that devastating slider who gave up four runs last game but it didn't matter he didn't give up the lead and we won the game another really good pitcher and another really good signing by Mike Rizzo. So those are the players. And, of course, Davey Martinez, who has been the best playoff manager. And one of the big reasons were the Nats are in this position. And it has just been really good to watch him as a second-year manager manage his way to the World Series. So now I'll talk about Steven Strasburg is probably going to uh, start Game 1 against either the Astros or the Yankees, then it'll probably be Scherzer, then Corbin, then Anibal Sanchez. And I'd fear that if I was another team. And the Nats have a good chance of maybe even winning the World Series for the first time since 1933 in D.C. And the first time in the Nationals Expos organization history. And now I'll talk about how which team the Nats will better match up against the Astros or the Yankees, two super teams that are battling it out in the ALCS right now. Astros up 2-1 to one in that series. But I say I think the Nats have a better chance against the Yankees, and here's why. The Astros have three insane pitchers in Zach Greinke, who's won the Cy Young, Garrett Cole, who's probably going to win the Cy Young in the AL, and Justin Verlander, who's won a Cy Young as well, all pitching very well and can really match up with our big three in, in our starting pitchers. Then you've got the guys that have been there before, have won a World Series just a couple years ago, and you've got an absolutely insane lineup, Jose Altuve, George Springer. Then you've got some young guys, some old guys, some veteran leadership, and they look really scary. And the Yankees also, of course, look very scary. John Carlos Stanton, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres. But they won't give you as good of at-bats as the Astros will because they haven't been to the World Series before a lot of the players. Only, I think, Brett Gardner has been to a World Series before. And, of course, their starting ha pitchers have been a real issue for them this season with no real ace and no real player that can match up against Patrick Corbin Max Scherzer or Steven Strasburg. So I think the Yankees, I'm not saying they would beat the Yankees, but I'm saying they have a better chance of beating the Yankees than the Astros. So that's my Nats talk. Now we can go to a little bit lower note because I have to talk about the Redskins who were really hyped up to start the season and their defense, their young defense. They draft Montez Sweat in the first round and they have Jonathan Allen returning. Deron Payne returning, all these guys. They signed Landon Collins in free agency. They're all talking about how they're going to be the best defense in the league. 
end, they start the season 17-0 against Philadelphia, division leader. Case Keenum looks good. And from that point on, it all goes downhill for the Washington Redskins. And they end up right now 1-5 with a ter- terrible win, but a win against 17-16 to against the Miami Dolphins, who lose by an average of 35 points per game. On average 41 to 6 they lose on average 41 to 6 to teams they are trying to lose and the Redskins almost found a way to lose to the Miami Dolphins the organization is dysfunctional no one goes to the games anymore Bruce Allen and Dan Snyder still think they're close as he loves to say and now that they fired Jay Gruden they think they can make a turnaround and they just can't confront reality and they can't they can't say to themselves that they've done a bad job and they can't say that they need to tank for the future because they'll just keep going in this hole of bad to mediocre every single year unless a serious change in the front office occurs, a.k.a. Bruce Allen gets fired. And the coaching staff doesn't want to play our 15th overall draft pick Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State only played him when Case Keenum had a terrible outing against the Giants, and no one wants to play Dwayne Haskins because they don't think he's ready, which signals one of two things. They either really think they can still win now, the coaching staff, or Dwayne Haskins was very, very overdrafted, meaning that he was drafted way higher than he should have been, and it was a mistake and that we should probably draft a quarterback in this upcoming season. And if anyone else knows, Dwayne Haskins was not wanted by any of the football personnel, and the draft choice was pushed by Dan Snyder, of course, because he thinks he knows everything. And we end up getting Haskins at the owner's request, and now Haskins isn't ending up doing anything so far we'll see how he goes but we need to play him to see how he works and to see if we need to draft a guy like Tua or Jake Fromm in the next draft and the defense I talked about the defense earlier through the first four games five games they were an all-time worst on third downs they I think they were stopping like only 40 percent of third downs and It was just last in the league. And for this defense that hyped himself up as maybe potentially the greatest young defense the league has seen in a while, they're not playing like it. And they really need to make some serious changes in terms of cutting guys that are against the cap, like Josh Norman, who's getting paid way too much. And I hate to say it, but Ryan Kerrigan isn't doing anything either. And I believe that he needs to either be traded or cut so we can save some money, and so we can rebuild for the future. Trent Williams, our all-star, our pro bowl, all-pro left tackle, refuses to play with us over a tumor issue in his head, and the doctors misdiagnosed it, and now he won't come back and play for us. And Bruce Allen refuses to trade him. Dan Snyder refuses to trade him. They're just trying to out-stubborn Trent Williams, and Trent Williams is just sitting there and taking his losses because he does not want to play for this team. And 
I think the signal that it's all going wrong and things that I'm talking about, other people notice too, and that's why in every game this season, it seemed that the other team's fans have showed up more than our fans, and it's been more than 50-50 in the other team's favor, especially in the Patriots game where it was almost all Patriots fans in the stadium. Okay, enough for the Redskins because that was pretty sad and they just need to fix themselves up. But something that you can control is your own fantasy football team. So I'll give you some fantasy football waiver wire advice and some trade advice just real quick because we're running out of time. So stay away from any Redskins. Do not play Redskins. I don't care what people say. Case Keenum, if you start him, you will lose. And guys like Adrian Peterson are just not used enough and there's no offensive line protecting. The only guy, some quarterbacks to find on the waivers if you drafted a guy like Baker Mayfield or Ben Roethlisberger would be a maybe even Josh Allen from Buffalo who's been really good on the ground this season and can also throw really well. Shout out to my Uncle Greg, Buffalo Bills fan. Uh, Also, a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who is very consistent with his touchdowns, has thrown at least two touchdowns per game in each game this season, and the play-action game's looking there for the former New England quarterback. Also, a guy like Daniel Jones, who's an up-and-comer and really throws the ball well and accurately. He could be a really good player uh, towards the end of the season, especially when Saquon Barkley gets back. And... Also, a guy like Andy Dalton, who uh, it has a lot of options to his side, especially when A.J. Green comes back with Tyler Boyd, Auden Tate, and Tyler Eifert, and also A.J. Green, as I mentioned before. So, other guys to pick up on waiver wire are running back Jamal Williams from Green Bay, who they seem to be using a lot more lately in the passing game because, because Aaron Jones isn't especially a great wide receiver, and they use him a lot even more than Aaron Jones, but not at the goal line. So he can be a guy that can get you a couple points if you need it. Also, any defense that is playing Miami Dolphins this season is a good defense to pick up. If they are on waivers and they're playing the Miami Dolphins, pick them up. They'll get you a lot of points no matter what. Even the Redskins defense had a pretty good week against the Miami Dolphins. Let's say you have... Austin Eckler or Melvin Gordon on your team. And Melvin Gordon, of course, a big name, a really good fantasy player in years past. And Austin Eckler, who's been a top five running back this season. What do you do with them? Because now that they're sharing the same backfield. I say you trade them because their their value is high for both of them. And as you saw last week, there is a sharp decline between the two players. So that that is my fantasy advice for this week. And stay tuned next week for more fantasy advice if you need it. So let me just close out the show by saying the Washington, congratulating the Washington Mystics for winning the WNBA Finals. Elena Della Don won WNBA Finals MVP along with league MVP. So great job to her. And hopefully the Nationals can bring a second championship in a month in a couple of, a couple of weeks. So that's all I have for today. Uh, This is, I think, my longest podcast I've had, and I guess it's a long time coming, so I owed it to the listeners. Thanks to all my family and friends for 
supporting me and urging me to come back. And thanks for all the support. And as Bob Carpenter, the Nats play-by-play -play announcer, says, in honor of him and the whole Nats team, see you later.